This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. I'm usually with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. But today we've got Q Moore, automotive customizing master tech. Hello, Q. Hey, how's it going, Liz? Oh, it's going great here. We are so glad that you were able to step up and uh, handle this when Allison couldn't be with us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Allison is out this week, but we're so glad that our buddy Q Moore is here to help us out. On Q Customs and Automotive Group is where you'll find Q. Today, we're going to talk about checking your fluids between your vehicle repair question calls. So, uh, Q, just, you know, super quick, run down what are the fluids that are in our car that, you know, need checking from time to time? Oh, well, you have, you know, of course you have your oil, then you have your brake fluid, transmission, windshield wiper fluid, coolant, and power steering fluid. All right. So those are our our six fluids that we have. Um, You know, as with all things, some are more important than others. Let's kind of go through some of them and, and talk about... You know, when this is, when you can pull out the $10 or when you're going to have to pull out the the $100 and such. So, you know, let's talk about um, engine oil. Tell us what's the best way to check your engine oil. Uh, the, the best way to check your engine oil, is, of course, after it's been running for a while, you know, and it's hot. So what you can actually check it when it's cool. But a lot of people like to check it when it's hot. And it depends on your car. So if you're using, like, uh, full synthetic, of course, it's going to go a little bit longer, and it is higher. But, um, if it's like a older model car, it's around 3,000 3, miles on an older model car. And But the modern, modern cars are around 5,000, 7,000 miles, give or take on that. But full synthetic, it'll go for a long time, about, you know, anywhere from 12, 1,200 miles you know, 1,500, something like that. So it, it'll, um, I'm, I'm sorry, 15,000, but it, it, it depends, so, you know, on your, uh, on the type of car it is. So a lot of different cars take different types. It depends on the car. Q, is there ever a time that you would change your engine oil, uh, either uh, put in a different weight or go from, uh, what do you call it, traditional to synthetic? Not not in our climate, so to speak, because we don't have a very big range in, like, the uh, climate. Because, like, if you're in a really cold area, then you would change it more. But here you can pretty much stay in between, like, you know, 10W30 uh, or synthetic. Like, if it's a luxury car or a overseas, you know, so to speak, uh, import, then they... Yeah, you know, most of them, they have to have four synthetic, BMWs, Mercedes, you know, so on. But those will cost you a little bit more, which you can put four synthetic in your everyday car as well. It would just last longer and keep the motor uh, life a lot longer. So would you say it, whatever kind of engine oil your car, you get your car, it comes with, that's what you should replace it with? 
Yes, yes. Okay. That, like that. Yeah, that's always the best thing. Um, now, it, if you notice your engine oil is low and you add some, uh, when does that become a, a worrisome thing? How low does it have to be, you know, for you to, to go, oh, my gosh, well, something's wrong? Well, normally it would be about a quart low. In a month's time, a quart, about a half a quart would be as much as uh, – you know, a car that's running well, all of you would be about a half a quart. But so you do want to top it off in like a month or so. Some cars will use about uh, a whole quart, but you want to check it in about um, in about a month or so if you don't have any oil leaks, of course. Q, we've already got our first call. Let's go to John, who's calling from Magnolia. John, thanks for calling in today. What's your comment or question? Uh, I was calling. I got a. 2005 Ford Taurus, and uh, the air conditioning compression just went out, and I have some little noise over there uh, where it is. I know I got to get up to uh, one of those uh, whatever you call it thing, and uh, the engine lights be on. So your question is about the compression on your uh, AC compressor. It's not because it went out completely, you saying? You don't have an AC? Yeah, it uh, it it froze up, and so I I got to get another one to put in there. But it's got a little noise over there, a little clicking noise, like okay, on the compressor itself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a clutch, and if it's the clutch clicking, then yeah, it's going to either be if you say it's frozen. If it's frozen, the clutch shouldn't be moving at all. Let's just click and try to get it to move. Yeah, I'm gonna replace so it. The engine light, it, 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 it stays on. The engine light, normally, it's, uh, on 05, normally that is going to have something to do with emissions or something to do with one of your modules and, uh, on the car itself. Now, some cars will say a bit about the AC, but normally the engine light is going to be something totally different from the That cause any problem by the light, engine light being on? Normally not with the not with the air condition. Most of the engine light deals have to do with emissions, mostly. Okay, okay, okay. So that, that little clicking noise on that side where the uh, uh, compressor thing is just something needed. When they put that on, they had to probably stop it, wouldn't it? Would it, excuse me? Would it put it? Yeah, have to put that compression on, the, the air condition compression. Uh, yeah, you. it sounds like you're... you're, you're uh, it sounds like it's going out just against the, yep. the motor of it. It's going to click. Yeah. Oh. So it sounds like you, uh, it's going to be need to be replaced. And sometimes it just clicks because it's going on and off and, and cycling. So it might need to be just recharged. Well, do it hurt the driver and it's clicking like that? Normally it won't hurt, but it could shoot up. And if it shoots up the cleaning belt and your serpentine belt on that will seize as well, and then it will break the belt. Um, but that is a 50-50 chance or, you know, even less than that. You know, I don't see a lot of them seizing up. Most of them don't seize up completely. They let it ride, you know, even if the compression seizes. Okay, okay. All right, then. I thank you for that information very much. 
Thank you, John. Sounds like you have two two different problems, a check engine light that you need to get red and uh, your uh, AC compressor. Thanks, John. Q, uh, AC compressor freezing up. That doesn't have anything actually do with the temperature like ice or something on an no. air conditioner, does it? What does a freezing up compressor mean? No, actually, the correct term would be seizing up, actually. No, it doesn't really freeze up. It actually seizes. Um, it would seize because of the oil in it. Mostly they don't put the right uh, oil weight in it. Or it has, and, um, a lot of people, you know, they put in the, the aftermarket um, Freon and the cans, but they don't put the oil in it as well. So when they don't put the oil in it as well, then it could... Uh, it will cause the compressor to start to not have the proper lubricant, and then it'll start seizing up. Wait a second. Are you telling me my air conditioner has oil in it, too? Yes, it does, and the whole system. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, my, mind, my mind is blown. My mind is blown. That is a separate pipe. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. We've got some more fluid talk next. Send us your emails about your car questions to our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone. Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. You're listening to AutoCorrect. Q Moore is with us. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more autocorrect, I hope you'll find your po- our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart devices. Here are the recalls for the week. The 2019-2021 Hyundai Tucson and Kion Stinger. Hyundai dealers will replace the Tucson's hydraulic ECU for free, but the remedy for the Stinger is still, still under development. The 2019-2020 BMW Z4 and the Toyota Supra 
dealers will inspect the headlamps, vertical and horizontal adjustment plugs, correcting them as necessary for free. Man, that's what Java Chapman is our engineer today, and I'm looking at him because I don't get to look at Q or Allison. That's what I want them to fix is the horizontal and vertical adjustment on some of these headlights because sometimes they just poke you right in the eye and it blinds you. So that's cute. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, man. Um, when you're driving down the road, it just seems like they're either too bright or they're, they're aiming it the wrong way. Uh, also under recall is a 2021 BMW X7. Dealers will replace the tire information label for free that's on the driver's door. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and inputting your VIN number or, 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 or you can just find their Safer Car app, and you'll be notified of any recalls for your vehicle. We're talking about your car fluids, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Q, we've got three calls waiting. Let's go to Jerry in Madison. Jerry, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Oh, I have a question, and I, I didn't realize Allison wasn't there, but maybe you guys can help me. I've been having issues with my vehicles with rodents, be it wood rats or squirrels, getting up under and, and chewing the wiring, and it's gotten so bad that I've actually have I've got a vehicle at the dealer trying to get that taken care of. But I've found there's a little box that hooks up to both posts on your battery that emits an ultrasonic sound and a light to deter this from happening and i was just wondering what kind of thoughts y'all might have on that well i've got two stories but i want to hear what q has to say <laughs> well you know i've i've only um messed with that one time i really didn't have uh, i really couldn't say if it worked or not because well you know I didn't have a problem after that, but you know, I've had other people say that it didn't work too much. That's the only you know, insight I have so much on that. That it did work or didn't? That it did not. Oh, bummer. That's what it yeah. But I did use it before, and I didn't have a problem. So, so in my personal, it worked for me, I assume, unless, it just, unless I didn't have. But everybody I've had said it didn't work. But that was my personal. Okay, so you probably it, it probably wouldn't hurt to try. It would. I, I would say it wouldn't hurt to try. In my opinion, I would at least try. I would. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, Jerry, that is a big problem. Both my sister and my brother uh, have had. Uh, critters eat uh, wires in their car and in fact on my brother's truck he got a whole new truck because all the stuff it ate would have yep. would have costed cost quite a bit to get fixed so thanks well, for I, what, 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 add, add to that is I had heard that for the last however long that the wire coating has been made not so much out of petroleum products anymore but out of soy based products or vegetable type products that you know they can make rubber and stuff and this makes them more attractive to the rodent yikes yeah okay well thank y'all thanks jerry we appreciate you calling in let's go to gary who's called in from como hi gary what's your comment or question for q on autocorrect 
Hi, uh, I just got two questions. You was mentioning about the um, antifreeze, not antifreeze, but the uh, uh, air compressor and oil needing to go with the um, with the uh, uh, Freon. What is the ratio uh, to oil to that? And then also, I have a 2004 Chevy Avalanche, and it's consuming a lot of oil, but we don't see any evidence of it leaking or anything like that, but I'm just losing it. And what could, what could possibly cause that? And I've taken it to a mechanic and he supposedly fixed it, but I'm still having that issue. Okay, how many miles are uh, My Chevy has um, uh, 200,000 miles, maybe maybe just slightly over 210. Slightly over 210? Okay, um, a lot of times with that. It's such a higher mileage motor. The only thing I can say, if you can't tell whether if it's not leaking oil anywhere, it could be losing it because the rings on the uh, the piston and the compression, you know, it could be just losing oil because it's, you know, such a, a working motor. Because uh, a, a motor that has more miles on it will lose more oil. And, you know, it, I, I would only say that it would have to do with the wearing chair inside, internal, internally of the motor. If it's not leave, you know, getting the cooling system or leaving out the exhaust, which you should. Now, if it's if it's losing it that way, would you would you be able to see it in some sort of a smoke or something like this, or it means like it's burning with the gas or what? Only if it's, when it's really bad. If it's really light, you wouldn't notice it as much. Now, if you sit there, most likely you will probably see a little bit here and there, but very minute, then you wouldn't you wouldn't notice it. Now, I do, I, do, I do see at the very beginning when I start the car up after sitting for a day, a big cloud of smoke would uh, come out. But then, you know, uh, after that, you don't see it when you're driving. And you can you can, you can can drive forever that way. But normally, like, whenever it settles and I start it up. Every time you crank it or is it not shitting? Well, it's not. I, I'm, just, I'm just assuming, like, um, if it sits for a while and then you crank it up, then you can see a a, a big cloud of blue smoke. Okay, now in that scenario, most likely it's going to be up the head, the shield on your valves. Most going to be the shield on my front dry. Not, uh, they're not holding the uh, oil on top of it, letting it seep down into the cylinder, seeping down past those seals. Then you crank it up after it's been sitting for a while, then that's what that smoke is burning. Most of the time, that's what the scenario, and that's most likely where you're, you're losing your uh, oil at. So if the mechanic should have uh, recommended you changing the top head of the shield and the valve, which, you know, for that, that should have been the, for that. Did he, is that what he recommended? No, actually, they claimed that they fixed it. So, But I'll take it back down to a... But that uh, that ratio, you doing the um, the Freon to oil? What is the ratio for that? Every vehicle is different on what you need to. Uh, like at my shop, we have machines that we put. You know, we type it in. We it's a it's a code on your vehicle, and you open the hood up, and it'll tell you how much oil needs to go in it. But if you are using an aftermarket or a deal like the one that the Bart store that you just put in, they also sell the oil too. Now, without, it's, it's, it's tricky because if I, you know, I think 
I'll use the exact amount because I have the machine to do so. It'll be hard for you to use the exact amount when you go to the parts store. But they do sell the type of Freon that has the oil already mixed, and they do sell the oil that you can put in it as well. Now, in that scenario, yes, what to put in it or what has to be put in it. Now, here at or any shop would suck from the vacuum the whole system out and put in the rest. That's why it's always better for a shop to do it with a machine than you're just going to put in a can at a parts store because you really don't know your ratio. Okay, all right, that sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, no Gary. Problem. We appreciate you calling in. Let's now go to Jack, who's calling in from Lorman. Jack, what's your comment or question for our show? Hey, how you doing? Hey. Uh, I got a 2004 Mercedes-Benz 500, and uh, I think the transmission might be slipping. Once in a while, it takes off, and it's fine, and all of a sudden, it just it, it go the first year and doesn't want to go past it. Uh, okay. Now, you uh <laughs> You're wondering uh, if the trend is probably going out or is it something you can do to fix that? Well, the last time I had drove exactly. it, it drove just fine. And then on, on the way back home, it didn't want to go past first gear. It was acting up off and on, but once in a while, it takes off just fine. And I haven't drove it since then. Have you had your fluids changed uh, regularly and the transmission fluids changed regularly in that window? Yeah, that's the problem around here. There ain't nobody to check them. No, I, I try to take it to regular old places that said they don't want to mess with it. You have to take it to a Mercedes. Well, uh, see, the reason they probably wouldn't want to mess with it now is because at a, if you don't keep up on the transmission fluids, uh, periodically, like every 60,000 miles, whatever the, the uh, specifications on a vehicle say, then people don't want to, uh, shops don't want to mess with it because if you do, now after you haven't been keeping up with it, it will make it even worse most of the time. So you have a 50-50 chance of it making it even worse because what's holding it together is all the old clutch um, particles and debris in the transmission at that point. If you drain all of that out, then now the transmission won't even go and, you know, drive or reverse or anything now at that point. But it sound but see and that's that's why I focus with that one because it could be solenoid problem, but you still have to if it's on the outside of that transmission you have to drop the pan anyway. And now and that you know, Nobody wants to be kind of liable for that part because now you're going it in and it's going in first year and it's leaving out with not going in any year at all. Yeah, well, I don't know what happened. Last time I took it to a regular oil change and uh, a guy was sitting there sticking the wrong thing in the transmission and he drained like, I don't know, maybe six cores of transmission. He said it was too much. I think he, he screwed it up more. Oh, yeah, now I figured that. And if it doesn't have the right amount in it, it's going to start acting weird on you as well. It'll be erratic all the time. So, yeah, you definitely want to go and make sure that it has the correct amount of fluid in it. You know, and also, since you don't uh, know how long it's been since you changed the fluid, and it's, it's almost, you almost have a rock and a hard place on this one. Because either way it goes, it could be bad on dropping that 
transmission fluid is changing it or whatnot. The only thing you have now is to make sure that it has the correct level of it, the correct level of fluid. Okay. I got another question. <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. I got an 89 Cadillac Fleetwood, um, the AC compressor and all that. I changed everything. I changed everything but the little plug-in that goes by the compressor you plug it into. For some reason, it's not kicking on. Oh, your AC compressor is that? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I changed everything on the, on the air for the AC unit. I changed everything, the whole unit. Everything, but that little the little thing right there on top of, under the hood where you plug it in to get the power, for uh -huh. some reason it's not kicking on. And, but it is getting power. Have you tested it with a probe or a multimeter? Everything is brand new, but I think it's, that that could be the uh, the problem. The the wire that connects on top of it, it's got two teeth on there. Uh -huh. It's kind of like maybe yeah. you know it's, it's old. It's kind of burnt up. It might be the problem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, since it's an older one like that, you might have an electrical problem, especially since you changed everything. I would have to, I would, I would walk it backwards, you know, and see where that short could be. So it sounds like you just have an electrical short. Okay. All right. I appreciate your help. Oh, good luck with your cars, uh, Jack. Okay. We uh, appreciate uh, you calling in and hope that you can get both of those fixed for you. Our email address where you can hear, where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about checking your car's fluids and taking more of your car repair questions next. What is an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to get to that in a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Blues Archive is a collection of sound recordings, photographs, memorabilia. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We get researchers and blues fans from all over the world. Over 70,000 audio recordings in the Blues Archive. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Usually Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. Today, though, we've got Q Moore, automotive customizing master tech. I'm Liz Gill, and we hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. So in addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can also click the support button and make a contribution because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports rounded up the poorest used models of the past decade. Today, we're going to caution you about 
certain models of the Volkswagen GTI you want to avoid. Specifically, GTIs from 2012 and 2013, they're rated much, much worse than the average car in reliability. They have problems with engine cooling, GTI brakes, and suspension were noteworthy. So, Please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. His review this week is on the 2020 Cadillac CT4, and you can also watch some of his videos. He's on YouTube as Otto Casey. We're so glad that Diane has called in from Ocean Springs. Diane, uh, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question for Q? Well, I'm having an issue with my Venza. It's a 2009, but I just got four brand new tires, and uh, I checked my statement, and it said that the alignment was checked but my car is still wants to go left or right. Is that really, really bad, bad? But it seems like it's affecting my dad's mileage also. Should I go back to the dealership, or is that normal? Um, no, that is not normal for it to, um, to drift side to side. Um, and you have new tires, and it's the alignment. You might want to check and make sure that the, the alignment is is correct on it. Um, I know they told you that at one spot, but you you know, you might need a second opinion and I'm not sure if that one has front and rear uh adjustments for the line on that car. Oh, okay. So that you know that's my, not yeah, I noticed on my statement my mileage going in and my mileage coming out was the same. So I was looking on YouTube and it looks like it, alignments can be done with the machine. Is that the best kind of alignment to be done for a car? Yes, it is. Yes, you have to have an alignment machine to have to align it. But yes, and then the, as long as the tires are the same size and there's no like uh, no dents in your rims or warpage, then it, it should be you know able to be aligned straight and you know drive down the street straight. Unless you have other problems up under the car, like ball joints or something. Uh, some frame problem with the, the suspension. Might be with my suspension. Huh? So if the line is okay, uh, my other problems I could look at would be what? If the, the alignment is putting the tires straight, so if the, if the, if the alignment machine is it's working correctly, then it would be a problem with the suspension if you got new tires unless they had a defect in the tires that were sold. I've seen all types of things happen. People had, you know, one tire has had issues with it or the rim has uh, has a problem that's been bent. You know, sometimes uh, it could be a problem that is bent on something that's bent on the, uh, the suspension system itself. Because how the alignment machine works, the, the car kind of should feel after you roll, you roll it back and forth, so to speak, to see if it has any problems. But if you drive the car out, it could have uh, in a different range. It could have, it, 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 it might show that. The machine won't pick that up. 
Okay. So I will I'll definitely take it. take it to the dealer. Okay. Well, I'm just going to take it back and have them to double-double check it then. Yes, I will definitely do that. And if that doesn't work, then something, is, something has to be going on with that situation that far. Or okay. even fire. All right. Thank you very much and very helpful. Thank you. Good luck, Diane. Hope it all works out. We're going to now go to Noel, who's called in from Jackson. Noel, what's your comment or question for Q today? All right. I have a 2011 Chevrolet uh, Chevrolet Malibu, and I have I need I need a um, instrument cluster. Where can I get an instrument cluster? Oh, the best place I would say to get an instrument cluster, if you check the original, you know, the regular auto parts stores like AutoZone, Advance, and things like that, I would try WorldTap. That is a, What's you know, we use a lot of WorldTap. W-O-R-L-D-P-A-C. WorldPack. W-O-R-L-D-P-A-C dot com. WorldPack.com. Uh, All right. You answered my question. And I got one more, if you don't mind, and I get out of your way. Oh, you no. Any, anytime, Noel. That's what, uh, that's what we're here for. <laughs> All right. I got, oh, a, yeah. I got a, a 1994 Toyota pickup, small Toyota pickup. It has 315,000 miles on it, and I got an oil leak, and I need a radiator. Should I get it fixed and keep it or just sell it? Sell it, sell it as it is and get rid of it. <laughs> well, it all depends if it has sentimental value. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it it, yeah, it does have that. <laughs> it does. It, now, it, you know, if it was anybody else without sentimental value, of course, you would most likely want to get rid of it. But if yeah. you, like me, I have sentimental value to all my vehicles, and I, yeah. but I also work on them myself. Because that is going to cost you a good penny, most likely. So as long as you're yeah. willing to put the money in, it, you know, I would you know, keep it going. Okay. Well, uh, all right then. And I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna get this. Uh, this this website again is worldpack p a c dot com. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank thank y'all very much, and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Noah. Uh, we appreciate you calling in. We've been discussing checking your vehicle's fluids and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email anytime, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. already know mpb think radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you but instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars how about axles trucks to motorcycles cars even 18 wheelers your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on think radio for more information on how to donate your vehicle visit mpbonline.org support 
Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is AutoCorrect. Hey, if you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill, and today I've been so lucky to have Q Moore, mechanic from OnQ Customs and Automotive Group. You can find them both on Facebook. What is in the news this was interesting to me because I just, Q, I think this is the, the, you know, the wave of the future. Many EV charging stations charge a per-minute rate, regardless of how much power has been delivered to a vehicle. The final price is determined on how long it spends tethered to the station. But starting this week, Electrify America is changing that in 23 states Uh, but not Mississippi, the charging station company announced that it's going to start charging 31 cents per kilowatt hour for those who subscribe to the company's $4 per month pass plus program and then 43 cents per kilowatt hours for all others. Uh, Q, give us uh, what do you have to say about uh, electric vehicles? Oh, man, you know, I'm old school, so I'm more with the uh, muscle and the, you know, I'm still in the fuel injection and all that. I like the power behind them. So, you know, I'm not too big with electric cars, but it is saving the economy, though, and, you know, it's it's very good for the environment. So I'm I'm with that. For me personally, I'm still with the old school when it comes to automobiles. Well, I, I uh, it's it's interesting because yeah, I don't have a electric car, and uh, this is you know a whole nother thing that uh, it's kind of fascinating to me. We've got a couple calls before we're finished. Let's go to Curtis, who's on the road. Curtis, be extra careful, but we're so glad you've called in. What's your comment or question for Kurt, for Q? Yes, I have a 1991 Civic Priest, and. After you drive it for about 20 minutes, the car just cuts off. Uh, you can put it in neutral and get it crank right back up. Uh, but after about 20 minutes, it cuts off. What, what is the problem? What do you think is causing the problem of that? Oh, man. Uh, is the engine light on? Yes, the engine light is on. Yes. It is. Um, that could be, uh, man, that could be a lot of different things. We'll really have to put that on a scanner to, to narrow it down to find out what could be causing that because I could, you know, I could speculate on a lot of different things and, and it could be none of your problems. Um, I really, you really need to put it on a scanner, go to a, you know, a shop of any type, uh, most likely independent shop and get it scanned properly. Um, the AutoZone scanners, they are, or the you know advanced scanners, they do pretty good, but if you go to a shop, they have a different, and it's more, different type of scanner, it's more in depth. So 
was to get inside the module was more and uh, see what's going on like that. But without without being able to really see it in that, you know, like in person, to go through a computer system and see, it's really hard to say what that could be. Because it could be a, you know, a number of things. Okay. Okay. I sure appreciate that. All right, Curtis, good luck with that. Let's take our last call. It's Wanaki who's calling in from Ridgeland. What's your comment or question for Key? Well, I'm currently an owner of a 2010 Chevrolet Malibu LT, and it had some recent recalls on it through the GMC uh, dealership uh, nationwide. When they had this uh, engine, engine ignition situation that was causing the cars to fail or not start or whatever, and I just was experiencing a recall recently. I took the vehicle in part two, and they said there was nothing going on. Well, last year the issues came to the car, and I tried to take the car in. Since I wasn't experiencing any issues before, they didn't adjust anything on the recall, whether it's the recall with the uh, the brake light, which may be the third brake light, and the bulbs, because I've been having issues with that in my car. And the other recall has to do with the uh, drive shaft. I recently took it to the dealership in Christmas, this past Christmas, and they told me uh-huh. that this recall had expired. I was like, how do they expire? <laughs> they, they do it. They will do that. So, you know, they try to save their, their themselves, so to speak. So they know they have a recall, but they put a expiration date on it. So everybody, so you wouldn't be able to, everybody that always keep coming in, you know, and get it done, fix for what's, you know, their problem, which they should do so. But it's just, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, you know, tech 12. They're just trying to get over. And sometimes if the recall is so great, then they'll bring it back and they'll order it extend. You know, but right now, all they're doing is when they do that, they're just saving money for themselves, even though they don't really need it. Well, that it's seems like a bad deal. <laughs> it, <is. laughs> yeah. it really is. I to the dealership to get the diagnostics done, and I spent $76. And I just did this in June and also August. The diagnostic shows that the information that's on the on this diagnostic that needs to be repaired is one of the recalls. However, the dealership does not want to warranty or repair it, even though it's a recall. Then it's expired. I'm like, well, you just notified GMC. She bought the car in back in so and so year. There was no issues. The issue was presented within the last year to her. She brought it in. Uh, we didn't make the repair because the recall was expired, and now we're trying to go through the hoops to get you all to uh, take care of the recall since she did not have any issues at the time that she had the recall, but it is a recall. Yeah, when it's a recall, they're supposed to take care of it right then. Now, when what they're doing now is they're trying to pass the bucket sounds. Um, did you try I'm not going to say 14 it's $1,400 right at 15 to fix these things. Why do I need to take on that debt or that expense when they have a recall that's out there? And how do you 
expire recons when the person are still selling these vehicles are in circulation. Okay, that's a tough one, and, I, and you know, it's almost you almost stuck. You stuck with you know, in between a, a hard, you know, hard spot and a rock, you know, because it's nothing you really can do. Even if you went to court with it, they'll just tie you up in court, and you wouldn't be able to go further with that. Uh, the automotive business, man, it, it, it can be it can be pretty hard sometimes if they when they're doing it like that. Now you could try another dealership, and they might honor it, but. They're, you know, a lot of the dealerships they're just trying their best not to give anything away, even if it's, even if it's the right thing and they know it's the right thing to do. Q, do, does that uh, NHTSA do they take public impact, uh, pu- public comments? You know, if uh, if more people still have this recall that it hasn't been repaired, if enough people. Uh, complain to yes. NHTSA, would they issue another recall? Yes, they, they would. If enough people call in, then they'll either extend it or they'll just put in another recall for it to try to, you know, save face. Uh, you know, you have to, you know, have to be a voice. And, you know, we're voicing numbers. So more people call with that problem, the more they'll be like, oh, man, we got to do something to get to the, you know, the Better Business Bureau and everything else. So, you know, They'll definitely do something in numbers, but you gotta have, you know, you gotta have numbers to get them to move. Wanakee, man, we feel for you. That uh, that is just in a in a in a bad place for you. I am so sorry about that. Um, like uh, Q suggested, I hope you can try a different dealer, and also please make your voice heard. That uh, your expired warranty, your expired recall, needs to get fixed. Q, thank you so much for stepping up and helping us today. No, no problem. No problem at all. Enjoy. Well, we hope our uh, listeners, if, if you want to have Q help you, you can find him at On Q Customs and at Automotive Group. Uh, both of those are in, in Jackson, and you can find them on Facebook. And we'll have the link to that on this page's uh, podcast. This is going to wrap us up for today. Thank you to Jay White. Thank you to Jaffa Chapman. Ooh, I feel special with the men today. I'm the lady with the men helping me out. So join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.